Um, should we get going then? Yeah. All right then. Uh, wait, what is it? Whatever. Okay, series two, episode two. In the can. What are you doing? I was gonna say. Um, oh, we need to get on the socials now because this is this is prime socials. When we de- when we're locked into a conversation, yeah, yeah, I'll, right, I'll right. whack on the old. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Flickstagram. All right. Oh, lucky I got <clears> the <throat> trim. Yeah. All right. Welcome to episode two. Uh, as we say every week, thank you so much for all the love throughout the week. We're just going to start this episode um, with a little message to the punters out there. Joe has been looking into where we've been uh, listened to in the last week. Um, and it, honestly, it, it is beautiful to see. So, Joe, the floor is yours. Thanks, Lewis. Hello, listener. Again, it's good to be back. Um, I'm just pulling up these stats. Yeah. Let's have a look at this. Alright, at the top of the list, got Greenwich. Yeah. Goes down to places like Lewisham and Islington. Ooh. Then North London Elites. Have a little bit more of a scroll down. Yeah. We've got listeners in Aylesbury. We've got oh. listeners in Farnborough. We've Come got on. listeners in Whitechapel, Acton, Dunstable, Rochester, Birmingham, Kibrook, Chelsea, Dagenham, Hackney, Hampstead, Southampton, oh. Southport. Southport, Southport. shout out to everyone in Southport. I mean, the list goes on. We might have to do a little tour. Rotherhive, Molesley, Bristol. Yeah, a young tour of Britain. Thanks ever so much, listeners, you know. Yeah, thank you so much. It's killing me more grateful. We've got some really nice feedback from our uh, partnership with Time Out during the week. So again, love for the love. Yeah, if you've been on the socials, um, you would have seen we've got something very, very special. Yeah. In the, in the yeah, in the works. We in can the say works. it's been a multi-platform launch this week, getting all over the ground. And time out have been a big part of that. Time out have been honestly, I can't thank you enough. We've got something coming up this week with the Rolling Stone, who uh, I'm not going to give too much away, but they think that we could be the new va- the new face of rock and roll podcasting. <laughs> yeah, Vice Vice wanted to get in touch, but you know what I mean. I think they're they're a bit played <laughs> they're a bit out. Too bait these they're days, a bit yeah. played out, but. Um, Cheers, Vice, for all the good content 2013. Ooh, that's yeah. a bit out. But anyway, what better way to thank you, listener, yeah. than to feed in you with more? So this week we're uh, talking about, again, we're going to be reviewing your film and we're going to be chatting about some of the things that have happened during the week. So the film that we're reviewing today is Human Traffic. Um, I know that usually one of you two might have done a little bit of research on what year it was made or produced. So if any of you got that to shout out, then feel free. It was directed by a guy called Justin Kerrigan, released in 1999, and it. Where's Justin? Where's the director from? I want to say Wales, All right. but it does. It is a very Irish name, isn't it? It's yeah. very, I've got very Celtic. Something to add to that. Go yeah. on. He acted in the film. Did he? Yeah, Ooh, yeah. I he's love um, loopholes like that. Yeah, he he's Welsh, I think, he's and Welsh, he played yeah. Ziggy Marlon. We'll get we'll get onto the characters, yeah, but yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. the uh, the guy who um, they see on the night out, the Welsh one, who the younger brother goes back with. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Who's like, yeah, pretty jokes. Yeah. and he's also comes into the record store at the beginning. He's like, you got any jungle, man? Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, music was um, sorted out by Pete Tong. Pete Tong of all, that is good. I actually did notice. I know we usually leave the music, the Joe's soundtrack hour for later on in the hour. 
But um, I did actually want to make a note of just how good the soundtrack was in mm. general before we dive into this. Yeah, I've got. Really I could good. talk about the music a little bit. We'll, we'll save it. Save it for a bit later on after we've revealed the plot. Yeah, true. Joe, do you want to give him a little rundown of the plot? Yeah, yeah, sure. So it's about a group of twenty-somethings, um, all stuck in kind of anxiety-inducing dead-end jobs, and they uh, all work towards a big old night out on a Friday night after their day of work. And it's essentially about the journey that is their night out and the day after. I um, like the essence of what living for the weekend really means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, there is, there is um, a little bit more to it than that as well, which yeah we can get onto in a bit. But yeah, it's, it's basically a big old appreciation of what it means to be young, not really going anywhere and have Friday night as your big blowout mm-hmm. and the weekend. Yeah. Yeah, it's quality. Um, uh, there's also a little, there's a little romance involved as well. Um, there were actually, you know, what it made me think of. Obviously, similar. This also starred Danny Dyer when he was very young, um, and it made me think of the opening quote from Football Factory, which I don't know if anyone can, if we could will that up. I'll but get up. You. you get up. It's. I think it's such a. Uh, such a perfect quote and it really reflected like the mentality of this film as well yeah i'm talking about i know exactly what you mean and that was one of my biggest things watching it for the first bit is that like this has got a bit of that danny i don't know if danny dies you can say that he's got his own touch to films yeah or his own theme that he explores but it seems to follow him around yeah for sure and uh it does have to be said that his character doesn't really um vary or in the films that I've seen him and he very much plays himself yeah. but it really works and he um, really complimented this film I thought, yeah. he, I thought he was great yeah you know what great. I had to say at one point right Yeah. he was a very handsome man at that age mm. I he, he, agree he, more. Really, he was a really yeah. handsome man couldn't agree mm. more so shout out to you Danny yeah well, well actually you know what we'll probably get him on this one day soon so we'll leave it for them leave the arsenic until then but Joe have you got the quote up from the start yeah. of the factory Pop it's not very, not very original Analysis from me, but I do think that this captures everything I'd want to say. Really, is it the Pop Idols one? The one about um, sitting off in, sitting off in yeah, your yeah, 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 yeah. So the opening quote of Football Factory is, "What else are you going to do on a Saturday? Sit on your armchair, to Pop Idols, then try and avoid your wife's gaze as you struggle to come to terms with your sexless marriage, then go and your wages on kebabs, fruit machines, and brasses for a laugh." I know what I'd rather do: Tottenham away. <laughs> so good. And literally, you just if you. Sub that out and put in like going to like from like Jungle Rave or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then that is yeah. the exact yeah. same thing. And there are plenty of quotes, or there are a few quotes I've pulled up from the film which kind of illustrate the same kind of message. I was catching that exact same thing. That it's, it's that um, so like the gritty English. Yeah, the boring. And I guess the American. I think I probably made this uh, uh, comparison on the podcast before about Sorry. Fight Club. Just yeah. that whole like dead end job like materialism nothing really interesting or exciting you in your life and there's just some big outlet yeah and yeah this is another one of those films and i think we're at that age as well where it kind of relates to us yeah i've got a quote let's do it i've got a quote which is almost kind of exactly the same yeah yeah yeah. as that one i just read out so it's the main character jip is it jib jip jip the weekend has landed all that exists now is clubs, drugs, pubs and parties. I've got 48 hours off from the world, man. I'm going to blow steam out my head like a screaming kettle. I'm going to talk cod to strangers all night. I'm going to lose the plot on the dance floor, blah, blah, blah. And then it says, this could be the best night of my life. I've got 73 quid in my back burner. I'm going to wax the lot, man. <laughs> Who else do we know that says this is going to be the best night of my life? <laughs> 
Do you um, want to feed into your review then, Carlos? All right, let's get into teased it. Teased us with it then. Okay, you know what, right? Again, I try not to get too deep about these things, but... It's all right, it wouldn't be you. It wouldn't have you any other way. Basically, I'd heard so much about this film so many times, and I first heard about it from a bunch of 18-year-olds who I met in uh, Brazil who were on a gap year. They'd been all through El Salvador. They were nutters. They were really, like, solid North London kids. And they were, like, bigging up this film so much. And I remember watching, like, the first 45 minutes and loving it. Mm. Um, but, yeah, when, when I watched it yesterday, I was loving it. And then it just made me have a bit of a dilemma about being a critic. You know what I mean? Because I, if I made a film tomorrow, it would be absolute garbage, right? Mm -hmm. But I was watching Human Traffic. <laughs> I was watching Human Traffic and thinking, this is so... It was so good, but then it just got to after about an hour. I just I, had to, I couldn't do it. Mm. I, I had to have a break. Like what 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 was lacking in the second half that was there in the first? I think just in general the whole film, you can see what it's doing, and it's a shout out to a culture that like of like nights out and stuff. We've all like had our fair share, and I really enjoyed it. And the characters were making me laugh and all of that. But like, I think again I said this on about F football factory. Probably yeah. Um, just like when it was trying to get deeper, it just seemed so like B tech, mm. and like I didn't yeah, really you like. Say that about Football Factory. I didn't really like the cut scenes where he was talking about like, you know, like the Mister Floppy about yeah. his ED. Mm. Um, I thought that was quite good personally. Yeah, yeah. I like. I think it's quite nice to have a main character who's got ED. It's <laughs> 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 a nice shout out for the suffers yeah. out there. I loved. I loved all of the. Um, yeah, I liked it. I liked it, but I thought that it was just. The dialogue and the characters I thought were a little bit um bit stiff sometimes, a bit like yeah. I didn't rate the acting that much, especially Jip, the main guy. By the end I just couldn't I couldn't stand him on screen anymore. Really? Really? Yeah. That's interesting. I really didn't I, I didn't like it. Like even the the very last line just left me cringing so much when what he's was it? when he's finally got with the girl. Yeah. And they're like walking around the streets of Cardiff and um they're like arm in arm doing this like little like um they're kind of like acting like they're in a novel, speaking really posh to each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, and that she was, was like, a mad creature. Yeah, she, she was like, um, now, good sir, are you going to kiss me? And he was like, no, I'm going to f*** out of you or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And it just left, and it ended, and I was like, no, yeah. that was so no, cringy. Do you know, so we should say that one of the main overarching themes of this film is kind of internal, like, paranoia and um, mild anxiety or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And they represent this in the form of like real real life situations. So they'll um, someone will be having an internal dilemma, and then this will this internal dilemma will like appear on screen. Yeah, it's played out. Yeah, for example, someone might be thinking about the, like, the younger brother's thinking about whether he should um, take MDMA for the first time, I and then all scene, and then all of a sudden, uh, uh, yeah. chemistry professor appears appears on the screen, and he's talking him through the the, the negative sides of it. And that scene you're talking about was so ridiculous that it got me thinking: Is this one of those? Is this one of those like internal dilemma situations? Because they're doing all of this weird, yeah, like romanticized. Struggled to know sometimes what was real and what wasn't. That yeah, was, that yeah. Was, yeah. You've summed it up. That was that. Basically, I did like it, and why I said that if I made a film tomorrow, it'd be rubbish is because yeah. I looked up after the director was 25 when he made that. So I mean, I'm it was be, his first film. The first film. I'm gonna be 24 soon. And like that achievement, I'd be like proud for the rest of my life. Like, yeah. Unbelievable achievement. But um, so that's why I don't want to be too much of a hater. But there were scenes like that when I was like, right, is this trying to be deep now? Is it still a joke or is it just lost a bit in between? I think, yeah, there's always a, there's a fine line to tread between like 
taking something at face value yeah. and enjoying it for what it is, but then also you do deeply want it to have something more in there as well. Yeah. But you've got to like, there's a fine line between enjoying, you've got to like be able to enjoy it yeah. whilst then also take away a bit of the message as well. Yeah. But I think if you've done that, for yeah. me personally, if you've done, if you've managed to make a bit of a message and me enjoy it, which can't be said yeah. for most films, then it ticks it off. Yeah. And just without like cutting off your review, that's what my, what I'd say about it is it did manage to achieve the little bit of it was an enjoyable watch. It was re- I liked how like artsy it was. And yeah. It was like it wasn't just a straight <clears throat> down the line kind of film. Mm-hmm. And it also took away the message of like we like people need a blowout at the end of their week, and it's so depressing that you're literally living for a part of the a part yeah. of the week that's not like the main part. And then also the line about. Uh, like the sweet release of like unconsciousness or something when he's talking about like the end of a night and stuff like that mm. so I thought it was quite good I thought it had a few really clever little really clever little bits in it yeah uh, if I if I quickly just sum up my thoughts uh, was that yeah it's a really fun film really good watch and so relatable to anyone who's ever like been out and had that feeling um, but yeah it left me wanting a little bit more but I think for me the perfect time for me to watch it would be maybe after a couple of drinks I'm going out later, I'm in a light-hearted mood. Mm. That would really pump me up, get me excited to go out. It made me proper want a night out. Yeah, exactly. But then the one at the end, but then the end kind of reminded me why, like, why you don't as well. Because, like, when it's, we're talking about, like, how when, like, the hangover whatever, like, out does, like, the value of the night before. Yeah. And it's, yeah, you can, like, eat, like, for that, for example, like, that little like motif whatever you'd call it yeah could if you want you can read so much more into that mm-hmm. or you can just take it at face value or you can like take away a little bit of the message yeah so it was good but i had some reservations but that's just me what's your score out of 10 that's what the puppets want to know score out of 10 give it a four, 4.5 4.5 yeah you've given some right better scores than that <laughs> i know i know do you know what it was i actually physically couldn't do it anymore I had to have a break and turn it off, and that wow. never happens to Fair films. Yeah, yeah, no, I respect, I respect that. Um, I'm in a completely different ballpark. To be honest with you, yeah. Carlos. What do you think, Joe? I think you'd basically just got to take it at face value and take it for what it intended on being. It was the intention was this is an insight into the journey of a night out. Mm. I found it incredibly yeah. relatable, incredibly authentic. And um, yeah, generally a really enjoy- so a really enjoyable watch. I found it so relatable. There yeah. were so many aspects of it, which I just found myself thinking, you know, I've been through exactly the yeah. same thing, yeah. sorting out tickets, being gutted when someone doesn't have one, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. speaking to a bouncer to get in. Do you know yeah. what I mean? When someone hasn't got a ticket, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, all that like stuff. six there, you were like, oh, why did I bother getting out in the first place? Tiny yeah. little <laughs> features. You know, I just thought, I did think, yeah, it was incredibly authentic in that sense. It was obviously made by someone who um, has experience of Raven yeah, he was going, definitely out. going out at yeah, that time. And yeah. it, there are, um, sorry, for example, you know the the manager of the club, Carlos, and that's Carl Cox. Is that Carl Cox? Yeah, who is like a founding father of yeah, like the yeah. UK rave scene. Yeah. Um, what yeah, they I call just, him like Hassan? Carl, Carlos Hassan, I think. Was it Carlos, was it Carlos or was it Pablo Hassan? Pablo Hassan. Pablo Hassan. <laughs> I think, like I think it was, yeah. I just thought it was... it was very close to rave culture in so many aspects and unlike you like I I wanted to carry on watching I didn't want I didn't ever feel the need to stop I just like yeah. zoom straight on through yeah it's um, good. It a good length as well I'm really into films that are around about it, an hour it was it was a good length yeah that is perfect I don't need more than that yeah this like Lord of the Rings two and a half days yeah. in the cinema crap also something that um I would add is that 
what I really liked about it is that it didn't sugarcoat rave culture at all. It spent yeah. as much time talking about the bad aspects of it as it did the good aspects. And it showed it just in a really raw, honest light. Yeah. So, um, and I think something also should be said about uh, kind of the political statement it was making. Um, and obviously I think rave culture in the 90s when it was made, uh, or in the late 90s was a really political issue. And um, there was a... I think I know the quote you're gonna say. No, no, it's, it's not a quote, mate. Oh, sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> so in 1994, the Criminal Justice Act outlawed raving, basically. So, and this came out in... What are they classed as raving? The law forbade gatherings and police um, were raiding the suburbs and outskirts of cities, stopping any activities they considered suspicious. So it's like suspicious activity. Yeah. So um, all of like, uni- like a classic like suburb university, like... Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Some old warehouse or something. And I think I rate the fact that it, yeah, didn't hold back when they were... It was it was obviously like a there was a political message behind it, mm. and also someone else. Uh, you know when they're in the club, my favourite part of it was when the yeah. girls are cornered by the documentary team, yeah. and it's like a sly dig. At, um, well, it's not a sly dig at all. It's a complete an like overt dig. overt dig at um, people in the establishment yeah, who. Like um, state. Yeah. There was a line they said about ecstasy, wasn't there? About because um, when they're saying like statistically, you're more likely to die. Of like um, being hit, swallowing a cabbage or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, you're more likely like to choking die, off a cabbage, choking leaf. off a cabbage leaf than um, ecstasy, and that's like that whole thing. Of, there's another one I've heard from that Professor David Nutt who got kicked out of um, mm. the government, but uh, he said that you're more likely to die horse riding than yeah. taking ecstasy. And yeah, that was this film was a it had a load of great like insights and statements, and that's why I feel so. That's why I said I'm a hater because I just really didn't like the way it was executed. Mm-hmm. But it was quality, like, so much of it was really good. Yeah. And the thing is that if it came out in 99, then these things take, like, so like years to produce before. So that 1994 ruling would have been, like, presumably very, very fresh. And, like, it would have yeah. been a reaction to that. Yeah, yeah. You could easily see, like, fresh in the head. Yeah, and there's actually an interesting, like, 25-minute days documentary on, um, like, the, the birth of rave culture in the UK and it was these four these four English DJs who went to Ibiza mm. and went to the club Amnesia yeah. and they came back and like spread it uh, Joe you just reminded me of something when you said it was so relatable and I'm sure it, like we've all related to so many scenes in it there was one when um, they were having a bit of like a deep emotional like chat um, when he's talking about his he's talking about his dad being in the mental institution well, yeah. I thought that was that was a brilliant that was the scene, best scene the that film. was the best scene of the best film, scene of the film. And I'm pretty sure, so they're having this really deep chat and like on a night out, you can easily find yourself in that in, in, in uninhibited, yeah. like just really personal chat with someone. You might not even know them that well. You probably don't most you of them. You probably time. don't. And, um, and there was one bit in it where they're having this super deep chat and then they completely zone out yeah. and he goes, what am I talking about? Wait, what was I talking about? <laughs> and they're both just looking into his face and goes, oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I, the amount of times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what was I doing about? Oh yeah, the structure of international politics. Let's go. Yeah, I love the way that was filmed as well. It was through the glass table. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was such, I thought that was honestly one of like the nicest, nicest, well-written, like little bit of um, scripting as well. Because basically, for for people that haven't watched it, um, the like the film's based around these two two of the two best mates of the two characters, um, and one of them's dad's in a mental hospital because he's got like, sp- like split personality or something like he's that. Got, like the paranoid delusions. Yeah. And do watch the film by the way. Yeah, it's do watch the film. Worth it. Uh, and then his mate is like saying to him about how 
Like, I'd gone on some long run about how, uh, basically, like, people would look at the way that we live our lives and think that we're absolutely mad for doing the things that we do. So who are we to judge other people? And really, we should get someone like, your dad should be running the world. Your dad should be in Parliament. Think of how much better the world could be if someone like that, with the most, like, new, fresh ideas that we can't even understand yet, is doing it. And it was, I thought it was such a sweet little, like, uh, two friends, like, really, really... Like helping each other out. Yeah, yeah. Um, another character I think um, is worth mentioning is was Lulu, played by Lorraine Pilkington, who I mean I've never seen after that. But yeah. um, I think she was my favourite character because she <laughs> she was my favourite character <laughs> because she among, in in the group of friends and how as ironic as as this is as they were completely out of control, she was kind of the voice of reason. I d- again, I found that quite relatable. You, on yeah. on a night out, you you often have someone you can go to to like kind of like you know ground you and yeah 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 bring always, you back to reality. It's a girl. It's like the yeah, and it is usually like, a girl. And I just relaxed. yeah again. And the stuff about on the night like the jealousy aspect for the yeah was named Coop Coop um, with his like girlfriend. He gets well jealous every time she's like chatting to another man on a night out and da, 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 and stuff like that. I think like really it pictures like the they're supposed to be what like exactly twenty. It pictures that of that age and like the little yeah. internal stresses and angsts that you have. Especially, it, it had quite a lot of good commentary on like male um, insecurities and like yeah, yeah. so like with the erectile dysfunction thing. Mm. And I did like the way that uh, linked into his mother's like his mum being a prostitute and he hadn't really worked that out and just all of these little insecurities that you have like is my girlfriend talking to other guys yeah. and like especially on a night out when you're intoxicated. And things become a bit blurry. Yeah, Your yeah, reasoning yeah. starts to decline. I think, yeah, it, you know what? Speaking about this film, I did really like it. That's the thing. Yeah, it's actually is proper good. It's really it, it it touches on things so well. I just couldn't do the production value of it. Oh, I think that I sounds you know, so dumb. We had our, the eagle-eyed listeners at home remember our ex machina chat last week about like the quality of the way you're watching it really impacting it, and I think it says a lot for this film because I had a little put-locker and chill scenario mm. and it was honestly the most shoddy, like, it was like a film filming back a cinema. Like, sometimes looking down at the floor, they're looking yeah. back and, like, someone walks past the lens <laughs> in front and I still just found it absolutely brilliant. And it, although, to be fair, it kind of added to the sense of not knowing what bits were real and what bits were like, oh, the camera's now going a little bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> I've just yeah. got a comment on the music, as you already touched yeah. on, but I thought the music played such an important role mm because it like completely dictated the mood of every single scene, even if it was a little bit loud at points. Yeah. Did you notice that? You know what? I actually wrote in my notes, yeah. ironically bad sound for a film all about uh, <laughs> like music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I, I like the music. Um, I was, uh, the scene I loved as well is when that like kind of hip hop scene guy comes in. The like Welsh guy with the big orange uh, puffer on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So funny when he's like, um, he's, when he's asking Coop, yeah. like what new records you got? And he's like, oh, we've got some West Coast stuff. And he's like, goes, nah, f- the West Coast, I need that more, I've got And then in, when the uh, the director comes in, because that character comes in after, and he's like, you got any jungle? And he's like, yeah, yeah this one will turn Harry Krishna into a bad boy. Oh, I wrote that one down. I wrote that one down. Such a good quote. Really good. That was funny. And the bit when when he's talking about like East Coast hip hop being so because they they are touching on all of these scenes like so yeah. with insight like genuine insight and he's like um, he's like yeah man I got some um, he's like I got a new ba- a new group from from the East Coast they're like a bunch of 
who, uh, who got nicked and they recorded this in the holding cell or something like that. Yeah, like, exactly. 20, pounds, 20 pounds, like, yeah, but think, when they go down, when they go supply down, and demand, yeah, yeah. baby. And it's so true, man. Look at rappers these days. Yeah. Like, they get arrested and suddenly they've got Tyler 100 come million. Tyrone's come out of prison now and got a sold out tour. The craziest one is that, uh, I don't even know what he's called, like YMN, YNW Melly. Yeah. And he released this song called Murder on My Mind. And he's, and he's literally <laughs> well, saying... That was terrifying. That it, song, he's yeah. literally just like Miami. Miami's just a different story. But he's literally there going like... The song's like, I got murder mm-hmm. on my mind. AK-47, Glock mm-hmm. 11, s yeah. There's kids in my school who are like 13, 14 singing that song, right? This guy released that song. Like, well, couple, the, wasn't the, the artwork that went with it was the two people who sat with him as well. I'm not too sure, but gone. Well, basically, the end of the story was that a few weeks later, after that song, he's now in prison for a double murder of his two best mates who were in that video. And yeah, so, that's what I mean. They're, yeah. they're in the video, like in the lying video. across him or something. Yeah, and but now, I mean, it hasn't really hit his career, has it? He's he's that song. <laughs> if you go on YouTube and look at that song, millions of views. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, hundreds of millions. It's weird when people who's, forget. Who's going to? Well, people don't that. even believe things. You know what I mean? Like. Um, like with like Decent. Michael Jackson, for example, you know, if you love someone that much, then nothing they do is gonna. The fact that people are still out here batting for MJ, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I don't think I don't think we've got the clout as a podcast to go up against MJ right now. Well, as I've said, we've got to be controversial. Yeah, Takeshi Six Nine. I've been watching your techniques. You might not be coming out until twenty sixty nine, but uh, you've got a we've got to have a little bit of a standoff with a fellow podcast. So if there's a podcast out there that's still big enough, R. Kelly and MJ, um, <laughs> this consider this a hit out to you directly. Yeah, and listeners. Yeah. Just send us in a message. Who do you think Fix Radio should hit out? If we bring it back to the film, so yeah, I, let's wrap I, up I the stuck film. my neck on the line and admitted I was a hater and admitted I liked it. My one final little qualification. You're gonna stay with four, Aaron four point five. I'm gonna keep it because my one little qualification was, despite everything. Just because it was a 25-year-old producer, I can't say the scale now changes for what a great film is. I've yeah. always judged my fil- films on, like, if, Objective I don't know, Taxi Driver's a 9.5. Taxi Driver's got to be a 10. Yeah, well, yeah. See, I'm stingy Which anyway. Which Taxi Driver was referenced in this film. Yeah, yeah it was. Exactly. It, it's like, yeah, you're <laughs> like, Travis, Travis. <laughs> um, but yeah, if, I don't know, Taxi Driver's a classic, yeah, that's a 9 or 10. Yeah. Then, oh, if Train... Basically, my, my other little final qualification was that I feel like Train Spotting is a '90s film that deals with all of these um, uh, themes of like, like a real insight into society and yeah. basically through heroin. And that film is amazing. That's one of my favourite films ever. And this felt a little bit like Train Spotting for the Raven scene with ecstasy replacing heroin mm. and Wales replacing Scotland and banging. But I just think it wasn't. It didn't quite execute it to the same level for me. So. It's obviously a natural comparison, but I think they're probably trying to do slightly different things. I think Trainspotting is more of a social commentary, and this yeah. one is more of just like an insight into this yeah. this um, way of life, this and culture. It's affected as well by the age groups because Trainspotting is slightly older group of people, and yeah. this one's like I imagine this one's target audience was probably like twenty year olds as yeah. well. Yeah, um, I you think Trainspotting in like a degree. Exactly. Know? Yeah. So you got you got to be you got to judge films on different planes, but I don't know I stuck my neck on the line, and you know what, I live with it. That's all right, the punters can get back to me. Go on, Joe. Sorry. Um, no, I, I mean, really enjoyed if you, it. If you want to get at Carlos, then DM us on the Flixstagram. But bear in mind that us three are all admins of that, so make sure you're directing it directly at Carlos, because otherwise, I don't want to get tired with his ridiculous brush. 
<laughs> Joe, score out of ten. I'm gonna give it uh, either a seven and a half or an eight. Yeah, I'll give it an eight. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. it. I think it's gonna be a film which I'll be able to watch back and still relate to and still find really enjoyable. Um, and, was, and, and you can go back to it and think of it as like ref, kind of showing that little stage of your life. Yeah, yeah. When you're like whatever, like forty or whatever, and not really going out in the same way. Yeah, hopefully. definitely. So what, what other films? Eight point five for me. No, what? sorry, sorry, eight for me. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it as an eight as well. If we, I know we probably done with the film chat now. What other films do you reckon? Because you know what, that's an important point. If you were to say to someone show me a film that represents you go at a time when you were going out, going to a lot of clubs. What other film could you show that actually is as relatable? As clubbing or as in like for a scene in general? For, for, all right, so obviously we all went to university in like provincial UK towns. Yeah. And there was so much of, about it which was so relatable to that. Literally, it made me think about Leeds. Like it made me, like the first half of the film made me yearn for like first and second year specifically. Yeah. Like when it's all, especially first year when like you're with new people, it's all fresh, it's all exciting. That sense of independence and like kind of growing your, like out, flowing from the nest and stuff like that. Yeah. It's brilliant. It did capture that. Yeah. So I I wonder what other film I could show someone say like, what was it like going out with your mates in um, Nottingham, Bristol or Leeds when you were 19? Yeah. And I think for us, probably the lives we've lived, human traffic. Yeah, it does sum it up. It does. And I'm trying to think if there's any other films that capture another aspect of life. That's what I'm trying to think. There must be one about football. Well, we've got a lot of people in the room shouting about football. Films, <laughs> I mean, specifically like Raven, like Friday oh, night. For that, I can't think of anything. Yeah. I well, just can't pun- think of anything. Like, watching Skins used to be when you were like 14. Skins made you feel like you were cool and it was like what you were doing. Yeah, true. I get that. Um, but yeah, listener. Yeah, again, more listeners. Listen up. Sorry. Listeners. Listeners. Actually, and, in, and in fact, Joe, just wheel up the list of how many international listeners we have. <laughs> I'm actually getting gassed. <laughs> oh, this is really a something listener. <laughs> <laughs> we've got listeners in the US, we've got listeners in Japan, we've got oh, listeners in Australia, and we've got listeners in. Port of Spain, yes. oh. Trinidad and Tobago. For all the Trini people out there, we're getting international. Shout out! Oh, I actually know who that was. Yeah, Millie could have been in a crowded room. That's what it doesn't factor in. It's true, Millie. If you're listening, thank yeah. you. Thank you so much. Thank you. What about in the US of A? Where have we been? All right. Because I know you can go pretty. In many ways, this is the most impressive one. You know. We've got listeners in California. Yes. Specifically Mountain View. I actually don't know anyone there as well. Listeners, if you know where that is, then, you know. I don't know where it is. If you're the ones that are listening, then DM us. Because, you know what I mean? We'd be happy to read out some, like, fan mail on air. Or if you want to leave, as I said last week, like, we appreciate all the five-star reviews and all the comments. And one lucky listener each week is going to have their review read out online. uh, Live, sorry. So um, we've got a new one this week, um, and I'm not going to lie to you, boys. This one actually wasn't done by me. <laughs> so this is this me. This one's extra special. I was going to read it out and give a little shout out to the happy punter at home. So it's it was on Wednesday. Bearing in mind, by the way, last Wednesday there was a Liverpool, uh, Liverpool Barcelona was going on, 
it was a big night. There's a lot of other things that could distract you yeah. from thinking about leaving a five-star review for the punters at Fixed Radio. This didn't distract him. This is by a crime club bloke. So massive shout-out. I presume it's. I presume we know who it is, Mr. Jack. Beaumont's out there. Massive shout-out to you. Uh, headline, season two off to a flyer. That's already fantastic. Uh, and then the, the, con- That's enough. <laughs> the content is, love it, fellas. You're going to stick a Guy Ritchie number in there. Quadrophenia or Alfie might be a good one for a bit of an era variation too. Quadrophenia. Can't wait, regardless. So oh. even if we were to review Pingu, he'd still couldn't. <laughs> That's what regardless means. <laughs> and that, 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 that isn't and By just... the way, just to finish that one off, everyone listen to Crime Club podcast with our very yeah. own friend, Jack Bowman, who's going to be on the pod soon as well. Shout and out to also, Crime Club. We'll put a link, put a link in the... Uh, there's a link in the gram. In the bio, in the gram. I'd quite like us to give him his, his real proper title, which is not Jack Beaumont. But that's You're his government. so, so right. I think he deserves to be given the true and correct and proper title of the Kidbrook King. He is the Kidbrook King. So the Kidbrook King, shout out to you. This one's for you. We had yeah, a listener in Kidbrook, actually. <laughs> we did have a listener in Kidbrook, so, you know. Yeah, it could be the other I mean, don't, yeah, take exactly. an idiot, don't, take, don't take an idiot to put two and two together. I mean, but we didn't get any listener in Kidbrook. We got the yeah. King of Kidbrook, so yeah, that's yeah. Like worth about a 10. So. Yeah, that is worth about a 10. All right. Anyway, enough of that. To, Apple. to the punters in California in Mountain View, wherever that is, we would quite like it if you uh, use the modern day technology to get in touch and yeah, yeah oh, give us a shout out. Give That's us, a really good get shout. On, get on Skype and tell us about Mountain View and tell us any films from that area you'd like us to review. That would be great. Actually, That's a really good because, idea. Because uh, I actually don't know who that is. No, I, don't no, any, I don't know anyone out there. No, no. So that no, so that's a that's a natural punter. And that's not limited to our solely our listeners in the US. Wherever you're listening, send us a message, give us some suggestions. Yeah, it'd be greatly appreciated. And who knows? It could be you that gets your review read out next week. Oh. Right, we're now going to move on to our. By the way, you lot are loving the structure, and so are we. Yeah. We're now going to move on to the second section where we just each of us are going to bring a little discussion point slash chat slash the theme of this week has been nights out and uh, like nights out in London, crap nights out, nights out at university, or whatever. So we're now going to be on to our section two. I think we're at the stage now where we can start letting a bit of uh, personal information loose, let the, let the punters yeah. get to know us. So Lewis currently works in PR, political PR to be exact, and he, he, you know what, as much as it pains me to say it, he is very skilled at convincing people <laughs> of how to think and what to do, basically, <laughs> let's put it that way. And me and my friend Toby, shout out Toby, uh, do quite like Brazilian music, and... <laughs> How, you going, you going. how do I say this story? So we, we're quite into Brazilian music and we're going to a night out at the Camden Assembly tonight, which is like a Brazilian samba type night. All types of Brazilian music. Lewis, on the other hand, you could say is probably less keen about Brazilian music <laughs> and the idea of the night out in general. So he was trying to recruit a few more troops to get onto it, which like is touched on in human traffic about the politics of getting people on a night out. True. So he's... Um, our mate Freeman who you heard a lot about last week shout out Freeman he didn't want to come out and Lewis said to him about the night out come this Brazilian (laughs) show on Sunday I beg (laughs) and then James responded it's just going to be you Toby and Cass you'll be in bed by 12 crying face emoji (laughs) Lewis responds about a night out that he's bought a ticket for and is going to with me and my other friends it's going to be boring don't get me wrong but I'd have a marginally better time dragging you down with me. I can't lie. Listeners, this left me completely triggered. I was absolutely furious. I said, lol, don't come if it's a show. No, you're acting like it's compulsory, Lewis. 
he said to me, Rah, someone's getting amped when I'm trying to get their friend to come to the motive. James, who was the subject of the whole uh, negotiation, responds to all of this by saying, Lewis, I'll take one for the team and buy a ticket. <laughs> Lewis's response was, you poor guy, rest in peace, I'll see you at the prees. <laughs> and lo and behold, what's he doing? Listeners, the story gets even better. I messaged James today saying, right, so for later on, we're, go- we're-, we're going to a pre-drinks in Finsbury Park at about seven. Just to let you know, Carlos, this was his response. Just to let you know, I'm not coming out anymore. I asked him why not, and he said, well, if I'm thinking about my budget, I'm going out today and I want to buy a jacket instead, so sorry I can't come. I'm going to have to convince him whenever again, aren't I? But that did get me thinking, listener yeah. and listeners. Um, We laugh at it. Mm. We laugh at Freeman's argument that he's not going to come because... Because, because he needs to buy a jacket um, and you know it just seems like so I mean it seems a bit pathetic doesn't it on first on, on, on surface, faith, level. On surface mm. level it seems a bit of a joke He's however a job as well. yeah however but it's, it's relatable saying that I find myself I frequently find myself thinking do you know what Like, I really want to get this thing like, I want to buy a pair of shoes or blah 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 I want to spend some money on something and yeah. all it would take is for me to not go on a night out not buy a couple of beers here and there and I would literally be able to buy that thing easily it's ridiculous it is it is is crazy but then you know it's like you can't have it both ways guys no you can't at the back end of uni we're doing 100 pound nights out crazy just like it's nothing i've not got that kind of money well i think if we were to get a little bit reflective for one second what joe said about james's um oh this is the Carlos going unnecessarily deep section Basically, in general, coming back to London after spending three years in Nottingham and visiting Joe in Bristol and Lewis in Leeds, etc. Mm. I've been at a complete and utter like um, crossroads in my own mind about London, whether I think it's unbelievable or if it's absolutely terrible. Fluctuate on a daily basis. I can't work it out because when you when you have to consider that if I'm going to go out tonight to a casual night out with a few friends, it's going to cost me like just ridiculous travel amount alone of money. Eight travel quid. alone is yeah travel alone <laughs> eight quid if, if you're even thinking about a late one and you've got to be up in the morning and you so you think you know i'm getting uber to save time like it's yeah. just so expensive yeah and it's not sustainable London if you massive. could if you want to go out and feel and you're feeling generous and you want to buy a mate a drink do you know what i mean it's yeah. like that's going to set you back like best part of 20 quid yeah and it's it, i mean it's, it's excessive mad. it is drinks it is in ridiculous. clubs yeah. I think we need to have a special section on this just drinks for the price of drinks in clubs. It is mental. Well, we we were out the other day, and this isn't even London, but uh, our good friend Jim, shout out Jim. Shout yeah, out Jim. Jim. He is our Rochester listener yeah. as well. Rochester listener. Paulinho. Paulinho with the uh, flip-flap through... Don't make me flip-flap your girlfriend. Flip-flapping girlfriend <laughs> since about 2014. <laughs> but Jim went to buy us a round in Rochester... And we had, to t- we had to tell him not to because it was going to be 50 quid for six of us. Mental. And so like that's why I can't work out. Maybe that's a UK thing and particularly London, but mm. how can we recreate what they had in 1999 in human traffic in Cardiff when for us to even consider a night out that big and expansive and like just fun mm. would you wipe out. us out for the entire month financially. Yeah. Mm. If we were to emulate that night out in London, it would cost upwards of 150. Oh, easy mental isn't it you're going to end up spending a decent amount of money but 
all it does take is to be a little bit more principled. You can save a lot of money if you are more organised, you buy your drinks beforehand, you don't buy drinks in clubs. Mm. Um, but yeah, you know, those people always get taken a piss off, don't they? So. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, you've got to buy a drink. You do, you yeah, do. And you get into That's a- how girls can go out on like £13. Is they'll they'll either not buy a drink in a club or they'll have a drink bought for them and then they'll go over and go, oh no, this going out culture is so cheap. Maybe we need to up our game and like, you know what I mean? We need to get a bit more attractive and, and a bit have a bit better chat and get drinks bought for well, us. Well, yeah, I've got a good haircut. The haircut may get me a drink tonight, but yeah. you know, my girlfriend will be there, so <laughs> it might be bought by her. <laughs> you owe enough money. And essentially, I owe her money, so you know what I mean? <laughs> the equilibrium's still off. <laughs> Okay, so uh, Carlos has, has pre- predictably enough, been negative about nights out in London so far. But I want to ask him if he's got any more positive stories. Yeah, I've had some good night out stories. Um, probably the most embarrassing, but maybe my best, and not embarrassing in some ways, was me and you, Lewis, went to XOIO yeah. with a few of your friends from Leeds yeah. um, and Kat. Yeah, a few of our Leeds mates. Yeah. Um, um, they'd been to like some day festival or something. They'd been at a day festival. Yeah, they'd been at it was all a little bit under 16s and only being XOY, but yeah, what, well, the, what the punters want, the punters get. This is probably like two years ago now, but then they, actually, ah, oh, this is another thing that I wanted to talk about, right? Yeah. You know, like sometimes slang or like it's, like slang terms and phrases or things that people use can just sum something up way better than normal yeah, English yeah, yeah, could. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the phrase describing the night out as a movie <laughs> is the best piece of slang that's come so, out. It's so good. Honestly, right, so the night I'm describing, i got to look back on it and say, that was a movie. It was a movie. Like, everything happened. So we, we get to, I met Lewis and um, Kat in, um, near XOY. So you going to shout her out or what? I'm waiting for Lewis. I'll get gesturing to him. Oh, shout out Kat. All right, yeah. <laughs> out. Shout right, get out on with Kat. it. Yeah, so we met in um, met in spoons, met in the Weather Spoons in Old Street, around the corner. And then, although, because I just have to really quickly say, we were well, talking about prices in London, and people thought they have to hate Weather Spoons because of uh, Tim, whatever his name is, that owns it. But realistically, Weather Spoons is providing a service to people that nowhere else in London or in the country, in a lot of places, would do. So shout out Weather Spoons for keeping prices keeping prices cheap and getting people in the door. But anyway, we'll have to check them on their views sometimes. But you know, a cheap pint's a cheap. A cheap pint. pint's a cheap pint. Right, anyway, so we're in the uh, Weatherspoons having a few drinks, starting it off. And then it's just one of those nights when you're drinking and suddenly things get a bit out of hand and next thing you know, you're kind of losing a bit of a sense of where you are. And ended up with me being in the smoking area quite a lot. And shout out to smoking areas. because <laughs> By the way, punters, Carlos loves, he doesn't smoke as well, that has to be said. He loves smoking areas. Smoking areas are, are... We could have a whole show on smoking areas. <laughs> that is a fantastic idea for a podcast. When it comes to a night out, yeah. yeah smoking Next areas. episode, punters, you've heard it happen live. That's how the creative spark works sometimes <laughs> in, this, in this studio. But... That's a spark as well. This, the, the, the smoking area is just a fantastic place in clubs, and we'll go on to that next week. But I spent most of my night out there, and um, I ended up speaking to two people who... I kind of recognised from a festival I'd been to, just seeing them around. Just I've got, I, I remember faces quite a lot. Didn't know who they were. Uh, long story short, it turned out to be Alex Rita and Errol Anderson. Errol Anderson from Touching Base, also known as Andwat from Touching Base, and and Andwat pre- presents Boiler Room for Boiler Room a lot. But anyway, they're really really good DJs. Play have a great show. 
I was speaking to them for absolutely ages about <laughs> God knows what. Like, I don't know. I bumped into them a couple of times after and, like, just had to apologise. Like, I, I can't remember <laughs> what I was speaking to about. Um, so basically, they'd been playing a song earlier in the night and I went up to them after and it was like, that, oh, I love that tune you were playing. Yeah, my dad was playing it to me earlier. And they were, they were like, no way. That tune is a recording we got from somewhere and we've got no idea who is by or when it was released or anything like that. We just love it so much. And I was like, you serious? Yeah, my dad's got it on vinyl at home. Like, <laughs> and they lit, their minds were blown. They, that's why they were talking to me because they wanted to know what this song yeah. was. So they even dropped me their email and like the touching bass hotline so I could let them know the next day <laughs> so what the song was. And then within all of that's going on, the end of that story is I text them the next day saying what song it was because I had no recollection of what song I was even talking about. And they were like, it's absolutely not that. I'm so sorry. So that was pretty embarrassing. But then during this whole time... That's where you called your dad, didn't you? Oh, that's the bit I forgot yeah. to say. <laughs> right, yeah. That wasn't even the punchline. This is the punchline. <laughs> so during the time I was talking to him, probably about... 4 a.m., 4.30 in the morning. My dad doesn't really go out anymore. He's almost 50. He doesn't drink. He's he, hung up his raven boots. He's hung up his raven boots a long time ago. He was in bed, asleep. At 4.30 a.m., I was like to them, like, yeah, yeah, of course. Like, if you're looking for this tune, I'll just ring my dad. And, uh, <laughs> and he, was, he was definitely playing it earlier. Rang him. So, like, it's, it's gone through a few beeps. And at this time, I'm just so into the conversation yeah. and my surroundings. I've just forgotten yeah. that this is outrageous. <laughs> Call him up, it's like, he's like, Carlos? Obviously at the time, he must have thought, he must have been terrified getting yeah. a call at 4.30 on a Saturday night, yeah. AM. And he's going, Carlos, you all right? I was like, yeah, dad. Um, yeah, so basically I'm with a few DJs here, you know what I mean? They're trying to ask me what this tune is. And he just said, are you serious? Hung up on me. <laughs> and he was fuming at me for like two weeks after that. And then within this whole little sequence, Lewis, I'll pass over to you next because you were here and the, oh, yeah, yeah. the night out after gets crazier. But it, within this sequence, I've seen Jay Electronica walking down the road with like... Heralded as well. The fact that yeah. it's him, like any famous like rapper ever, but such a like mysterious, yeah. suspicious, mm. no one can get anything out of him, no one can even get any music out of him. Nah. Jay Electronica. Walks, walks straight past us. He's walking straight past us. And I, and I used to be a huge fan of Currency. And there's a verse on one of Currency's albums where Jay Electronica just absolutely kills it. And I started saying that verse to him. And I think because it's from Currency's album, I don't know, maybe people don't say that to him all the time. He stopped and finished the verse with me and then stopped for a photo. And me and Lewis got the photo with him. Yeah, and, we'll uh, the picture on the on the gram Yeah, we'll put the picture on the gram, but then Lewis, where did we end up that night? <laughs> Basically, we then went, we then went back. And uh, as a quick shout out to XOYO, I once went to see Freddie Gibbs and XOYO on my own, and had, had, a, had had a similar thing of uh, like the artist shouting me out because I was in the front and he started playing. You know, and it's linked to currency. You know, Freddie Gibbs has that current song. That's actually what introduced me to Freddie Gibbs at the start. And he was playing Scotty that song. Scotty, yeah, Scotty, Scotty Pippen. Pippen, and he was playing that song um, as like a <clears> warm up. As why he was like walking around like mic checking whatever. And then I was like, I was rapping along training when he got the most shout out to the only white redder in the club who knows the words, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, um, anyway, after that night after, we went back to what can only be described as the most unbelievable house in London. Like, as a, linking it back to the film again, they go to some like mansion party after. It, honestly, it was like a central London version of that. Absolutely incredible house. 
Um, Carlos, you're looking like you want to interject. Did, did we go to two Incredible Houses? We went to... <laughs> did we, didn't we go in Farringdon? To the Masonic nah, that's... That was Oh my God, night. we did go to both. Honestly, oh my this was God, a we, went to the t- we went to basically there are some places. If you're not from London, uh, e.g., some of our California listeners won't know this, but there's some parts of London that you just don't imagine that anyone actually lives in. And we went to two houses in one night that were literally just like, okay, so here's Central London. Oh, and there's the front door to your house. <laughs> <laughs> and we went to one that was right next to Fabric, and uh, we went through there and we went to Fabric for a bit after. And I got chatting to some bloke who said that he worked for Anonymous, and he was showing me all these things that he'd done on his phone. He said, if there's anybody in the world that you hate. Put them, put them as a note in my phone and I'll ruin them on my own. That was quality. A real life, um, a real life troll. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we can shout out this group on, on our podcast. Not even shout them out, but mention their name because they're that powerful. But put it this way, this house belonged to a very influential group in the UK. Yeah. And... The person, as, mysterious, as mysterious as J Electronica, some would say. Honestly, and this house was being house-sitted by some... The links are just, like, too tenuous, but we ended up in this house that we just should not it's have like been centre in. centre of Farringdon, like, ridiculous. So we'd been there for a bit, and then uh, then we went, <laughs> went back to the second of the two unbelievable houses, which, like, looked like an art gallery inside and had, like, windows bigger than a church. Uh, and then <laughs> oh, with an allergy. No, I like that one. I like it. Um, and then, then we were like, oh, f- we're not really, we can't really just like kip at this girl's house. So um, then we went back to honourable shout out to a young Maddie who I hadn't hadn't known for more than like literally like not long at all. So he turned up at her house with Carlos at like ten in the morning with so like a cup of tea and a bacon sandwich. It's like your, th- your third house in less than twelve. <laughs> and third in twelve. The night out had been such a movie that on the way there Lewis said we've got to stop in the charity shop so I can get some fresh clothes. <laughs> so that when we turn up at this girl's house she I doesn't was... think I'm absolutely disgusted. <laughs> I was stinking. Bought a nice little polo from Oxfam in Camden. Oh well you actually bought one? Yeah. Yeah that's a, that's not charity that's shop. not a lie. Wow, mm. I've got to say, boys, I didn't have the pleasure of uh, joining you on that. I, on this chat, has made me all mightily <laughs> jealous. So, if you could release any night out stories or any ode to a night out, what would you go for? You've you've been to loads of festivals. Like you're the man right now. To Joe is also bit. just to let you know, as well as producer, he is qualified disc jockey. So, if you want, if you've got a wedding or a booking coming up, yeah, if yeah, I do, put, I, I do weddings at the moment. I'm <laughs> It's actually it was actually something that's touched on quite a lot in the in the film. But my favourite part of Nights Out is it's the social aspect to it. You mm. know, I mean, obviously, the music is uh, a, a real foundation of it. But there's nothing quite like chatting to someone and developing a connection with someone who you wouldn't have in any other situation. It is and mad. you get a real buzz from it as well. You might even get a little like, like Facebook ad or something. <laughs> if a load of people are all together and proper hype for something, yeah, the thing doesn't even really matter at that point. Yeah, like yeah, of course. Of you like... can be at a music festival, you can be in a field in the middle of nowhere. In the rain. In Literally in the <laughs> rain and everyone is having the best time they've yeah. ever had. It is incredible. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very unique experience. Me and Joe were just chatting before the podcast and I think... Your your uh, link between series one and series two this week, Lewis, has been like completely on point. Thank you so much. Because I really appreciate that. It explores how 
we we've grown up in Britain, right, at a time when we we're not sure if we love or don't like London, whatever. And love every, London, hate Britain. Yeah, yeah, and have like uh, weeks Monday to Friday where we're just cooped up and hate it mm. and need that release at the weekend. Unless my boss is listening, in which case might love the job. <laughs> <laughs> but we all have that where Monday to Friday we're cooped up and we need a release mm. and first series we looked at football and in all of our lives sport has been a big part of that release and as you get a bit older mm. it moves into other areas we can't go out until you're 18 in London unless you get a fake ID mm. and I'm sure we've all probably got some good fake ID stories but that's for another time leave it to the punter's imagination yeah but um, it was McLovin's my right <laughs> <laughs> but yeah just that idea of a release at the weekend and yeah, I think a good point, there's not much better release whether it be sport or a night out, and if you're lucky, you can do both in the same. Yeah, yeah. you know, I've, yeah, I'm fortunate enough to be able to do both. But I've got to say, nights out are the thing I look forward to most. Yeah, they are absolutely sensational. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, every week goes in the same cycle. It's like hanging or whatever on like a Sunday, pretty dark. Sunday nights always pretty dark, and then it gets to like Monday, and you're still feeling kind of hanging. And then it gets to like it's always there's a time where I like go to the loo or something on a Tuesday. I'll be sat there on my phone, being like. Not that long to Friday again. Let's start. Let's start concocting some plans, shall we? <laughs> let's start convincing James to go on a shit night. Mm. And it, watching the film, although they're not students, really did take me back to being a student. Mm. Um, and although you are you are essentially enjoying yourself hundred percent of the time as a student in yeah. your first and your second years at least, um, there is nothing quite like just like you know planning a night out. Yeah. The whole. The whole journey everything coming together, and that's that's yeah, everything coming together exactly, and that's why I love the film so much because it was so relatable in that sense. Yeah, it was. And there's got to be said something for the not just the smoking area, but the afters as well. And oh, the I'm, next day, I might have a little shout out to afters. Yeah, and by shout out, what I'm going to say is hit out. Hit out. I went completely off it in third year, completely off it. What you went I, to bed? I got into a stage where I obviously wouldn't, but I wouldn't enjoy it as much. I got into a thing, especially in the summer term. If I'm coming home and the sun's come up, then see you later. I'm going to bed. I was proper anti being sat in like a dingy room with sun coming through. It's as soon as sun comes through the curtains, proper sends me under. But I can see that Joe, that's gone down like. <laughs> so, what's your ode to the after? Joe, Joe's that's editing this week is going to have a lot of the beat button. But I love that in podcasts, so I'll give him that. <laughs> It all depends on the group of people that you're with and if you're having a good time, you know. Um, that might be a little bit of your cue to um, have a little burst of extra energy. No, that's true. And also, talking of burst of extra energy and Bristol, honourable shout-out to Carlos, who's doing a ma- now been confirmed as doing a Masters in Bristol next year. So if you think that the, the podcast's good now, then just wait until we've got weekends away in Bristol to report back on. Weekends away in Bristol, theoretical analysis... <sighs> essays you know what I mean so like if you think this is good now come on we're about to level up to a whole new level and <laughs> any any young podcasters out there in Bristol if you want to have a little collab or a link up then good point. now's the time to start thinking yeah. about it we're take, ready selfies take southwest exactly as Harlem's Martin say it <laughs> <laughs> an absolute pleasure being with you once again we shall see you next week for more hot flaming fuego content